0: and you're a bit of drilling can you hear the drilling? right so I've got about eight people in the garden um, but they've stopped doing the, the noisy stuff but I didn't say to the decorator and I think he's possibly sanding something <laughs> right starting again hello and thank you for downloading the first episode of Jeff Brazier Only Human my brand new straight talking podcast Mental health is a big deal to me. I've always been fascinated by human behaviour and consider myself a really keen self-developer. To fuel my interest a few years ago, I trained as a life coach, then an NLP practitioner, and wrote a book I'm incredibly proud of called The Grief Survival Guide. So know a thing or two about honest discussion and exploring these subjects in detail. In this podcast, I'm going to talk openly about my most testing life experiences, of which there have been many, But most of all, I'm going to try and add some value and help you with your challenges. This podcast is for anyone who believes they can improve, but realises that at the end of the day, we're only human. So the other day I put a message out on social media and I wanted to find out what's going on for you guys out there. I know we're all in lockdown. I know that it affects us differently. Some of us are working a lot, some of us less so. Some of us are homeschooling and some of us are sat there working from home. I guess I am doing exactly that right now, sat in my bedroom. It's usually where my wife sits. She's probably a little bit put out by the fact that I've taken over the chair in the corner of the bedroom, which is usually her little station. She's really sick of it. I can only imagine that lots of you are sick of working from home and really missing those social interactions. So it was really interesting to hear all of the responses. And, And of course, there are a lot of parents out there that are having an absolute nightmare with homeschooling. I've got Freddie, my youngest, is 16. He's in his GCSE year. I mean, imagine of all the years it can happen to you within your education for it to be um, literally the most important one is really unlucky. But yeah, Freddie has never loved school. He's not particularly academic. I've always been very mindful of not squeezing the square peg through the round hole, as it were. So I know that Freddie has some incredible traits and I know that his future will be absolutely wonderful just simply because of his depth of emotional intelligence and his caringness and consideration for others um, you know that's all through the roof so I know that he's going to be absolutely fine and be able to carve out whatever he wants to do he also knows what he wants to do is in his apprenticeship he wants to be a barber and so as a result it's almost like right all we've got to do is really get through the next six months and get him the other side of it so he doesn't have to resit anything because then that would probably detract from the time that he'd want to be focusing on doing his apprenticeship but I think for any teenager going through the same situation as Freddie at the moment they just want to know how am I going to be graded and what is it that you need me to do so that I'm a not wasting any time and b I'm compiling exactly what you're going to need to be able to turn around to me and say, right, yeah, you've passed. You've got a level five or six or whatever it is that your children aspire to get. So that's the dilemma in this house. And I know that's echoed by many. I think that and again, I'll get onto this because I know that one of our our questions from you guys out there really touches on it. But um, a lot of us probably struggle as parents with regards to, you know, just how much should I push? How much pressure do I apply? What's good pressure, and maybe what is too much, and what is probably demotivating? And, you know, that if I was to elaborate on that a little bit, I would say that if we're the ones that are setting goals for our kids and we're the ones that are telling them what to do and how to do it and what time to do it, then I think that that can become resented a touch. Let's also bring into it the fact that the home environment is their sanctity it's their it's their safe place right that's what what environment we've always wanted to give them now all of a sudden their safe place has become their place of education and we our parents who should be giving them reassurance and the comfort and the security of a wonderful home environment are actually now the educators so we're the ones that are on them right you got to do this now and do that and it's it's really unnatural and it's probably going to take or has taken a lot of adjustment for a lot of families out there so I I feel everyone on that one it's obviously something that I've been through in this house and I feel like I've got a good grasp of what's effective and what isn't so I'm going to share a few things that have worked for me and maybe they work for you too so producer Emma has got some questions that you guys have sent in sorry we can't use all of them but obviously time is an issue i'd love to um, get as many questions as possible in but i really want to pick the right amount so that we can do those particular questions justice and i'm also fairly confident that these questions speak for a lot of other people's as well anyway emma what's the first one
1: the first one's from louise And she asks, how can I motivate my young teenagers to go outside each day for fresh air and exercise? I know how important it is for their mental health, but they are increasingly resistant and it's a constant battle.
0: Louise, firstly, thank you very much for your question. And um, you do speak for many people with that. I think the difficulty for family at the moment is that the family framework has changed of what a family is, what family gives us. Um, You know, for a lot of parents who used to just be maybe the lift to school and to the clubs afterwards. Now, all of a sudden we're a little bit more, our role has changed. And I think as a result, adaptability is a really important factor for for me to touch on here, because um, if we don't look at what the reality is now and adjust to it, then I think we're constantly going to be making our situation slightly harder. So, I, I would say that with regards to motivating teenagers, I think that we have to look at our own behaviour. And first and foremost, I I'd, I'd take, you know, like many parents do, you have to take responsibility for how the house feels. And so if I'm happy, if I'm um, positive, and if I feel good, then there's a better chance of our children following suit. So the first thing you can do to help motivate your children is make sure you motivate yourself. But again, to answer your your question specifically with regards to encouraging them to get out for their exercise, well, um, I would say that are we taking this exercise together? I think that would be really productive to think about what time of day the exercise would be best delivered at as well. Um, So is it that you take 30 minutes in the morning um, together where you're talking about your day and you're framing it up as to, you know, this is what I'm going to achieve. Great. What are you going to get done? And you know, I think you might get used to those sort of almost like a power meeting, if you like, where where it's just helping you to the day ahead and, and understand what it's going to be. And it's maybe you take half hour in the middle of the day when obviously everyone has done X amount of whatever your daily tasks are. And then you're able to get the exercise and use it as a means to just um, change your state of mind, I think. And if you're getting a little bit like, Board of the same room of doing the same thing then obviously it's always good to just come out of that do something completely different have a rest and then go back in so you know for a lot of parents it'll be Have a little walk, put the kettle on and, you know, maybe what works as well is to not work in the same position all day. Um, Again, you have to ask your child this, but to empower them to say, what room do you feel most productive in? Um, If it's in your bedroom, sat on your bed, is that really good? Is it good to lay down? Is that where you feel like you get most done or, or actually in the afternoon? Could it be that you come and work at the kitchen table? You know, there are a lot of different ways. But I think, again, you'll have noticed this. It's less about what we impose on our kids in terms of the rules, because obviously we're not teachers or educators. We are to an extent, but not necessarily from an academic curriculum point of view. Um, So really we need to be guided by them. So I would say first thing you do for the next day is help them to put a plan in place of what they want to do, how they want to do it, when they want to do it and be guided by that. And I think that that will be really useful for you, uh, Louise. But thank you so much for that message. Listen, I hope you don't grow tired of me saying this, but we are a community. We need to support one another. So if you have solutions to Louise's question, how do you motivate your teenagers to go outside every day? perhaps ways you've solved this in your house, then do let me know and I'll include this in next week's podcast. The email jeff at The next question
1: comes from Vicky. Loads of people I know are struggling with motivation. Me too. I know there are lots of things you can do to make your life better, but it's the negativity surrounding us all that's keeping us from doing it.
0: See, Vicky, for me, um, you've got the, the hard bit done. It's like not everyone actually can recognise the things that can be done in order to improve the situation. If you've got that, then that's that's really important and that's really good. However, I, I think that in your answer and in, in the wording, um, I think that there's almost a passing of responsibility um, that, you know, if everything's not good outside, which we know that obviously the world is a very uncertain place at the moment, that actually you know, we're we're blaming that or we could get into a habit or fall into the trap of blaming the outside world for how we feel and for what's going on within our household. Actually I think that there are things that we don't control, but there are actually things that we do, as we know. What happens in your house is absolutely within our hands. So so again, whether I'm speaking to parents or you specifically, Vicky, to all of us really, you know, there there is absolutely a place I think for us to just recognise that we control our actions. We control our thoughts. Um, and actually, there's there's nothing to stop any of us from saying. Whilst the world is a little bit crazy at the moment, I can still be the ruler of my own universe, if you like. And, and whatever happens within the house is going to absolutely be down to me. So I'm going to plan things that i know make me happy i'm i'm going to plan things that i know give me a sense of fulfillment and achievement we can still achieve so much even sat as i am in the chair in my bedroom look here i'm talking to you on a podcast um you know there are so many things that can be done while still being at home you know i'll give you an example at the moment in the garden i'm getting some raised beds put in so that i've got the opportunity to almost have like a mini allotment and um i've never grown anything in my life not a cucumber not a tomato not an aubergine but I'm really sort of motivated to do it because I think it'll be great for the family I think it'll give us something to um, to centre on it'll be amazing firstly to sort of make something grow out of the ground um, like that sense of achievement where it gets to a point where we can actually eat and just how satisfying will it be to have it on our plate and to and to and to taste what it's like to to grow something from scratch um, but yeah, I'm obviously worried. Like, Am I going to even be able to grow plants or vegetables I've never even tried before? But the truth is, is that that's my effort to adapt to what I need. If we are going to be locked down for any period of time, whether it's three months, but another six months, let's face it, we don't know. We just don't know. So that's my way of making the house conform to what we need today, as opposed to still trying to maybe put the same expectations on ourselves or not enough expectation on ourselves to come up with some solutions for ourselves Vicky so uh, again apologies if you if you didn't really necessarily mean it like that but I think it's a really great question because it makes uh, it enables me to make the point about how we need to make home work for us and what we need from it today as opposed to uh, you know a year ago when everything was completely normal and we'd walk out the front door sort of you know every day more often than not So let's have another
1: question. Hi, Jeff. I wanted to let you know how much your son, Bobby, has helped my daughter with her mental health. She's a beautiful 14-year-old who's struggled with anxiety for a couple of years. It's been heartbreaking. Your son's talk that he put on his Instagram has done wonders. We've been out at 7am walking the dogs, enjoying the sunrise. She's been working out, meditating, and has a really positive outlook. So thank you for raising such a beautiful soul.
0: So just to explain, Bobby has been on a real journey. I mean, up until a couple of months ago, maybe he still really didn't know who he was, what path he was taking, what he wanted to do next. And then all of a sudden, I think in in the whole midst of lockdowns, he just went on a bit of a voyage in self-development and you know it wasn't even anything that I had instigated you try and tell your kids to read books about things they're not interested in it's impossible but all of a sudden he just started self-educating and he started to actually feel so confident in what he was learning and how much use it was going to be for him not only has he had a, had a massive impact on his brother who really looks up to him Um, but also he's put out a few videos bit of content and he's starting to inspire people and obviously I could not be prouder there's an element of relief in there as well because we all want our kids to be okay especially now Um, there is obviously a lot of kids feeling very demotivated at the moment and somehow I've managed to end up with one who against all odds has managed to be a bit of a self-educator to be fair And he's not just inspiring himself and his his brother and and he's inspiring me as well. I'm incredibly grateful for him and he's a real gift at the moment. So thank you, Bobby, and thank you for recognising that and for sending that in.
1: And this question's from Nicola. How can I find time for myself after making sure everyone else in my household is cared for?
0: Love it. Love it because there are so many of us out there that are giving everything to the cause. So Nicola, all family needs people like yourself who are so giving, so caring and you're absolutely there for everybody else. But as you alluded to, uh, what about you? Um, so the way that I get what I need, despite obviously my family duties, my duties as a dad and as a husband, is I, I plan for them. You know exactly all the things that you need to do for everybody else. Um, you know when you need to do them. So, uh, what I would say is in terms of creating more time in your day, um, maybe it's that you go to bed a little bit earlier because uh, again, everybody can identify with the amount of sleep that they need. For me, it's seven is always my aim, but I'm fine on six. Um, you know, for for you guys, it might be different, but is getting up earlier an option because that is, for me, it's always like the the most uh, logical thing to do is to get up earlier and create space and time for yourself before everybody that that relies on you uh, or that you've allowed to rely on you as much as they do, um, you know, before they get up, before their day starts. And in that hour, it's like, right, instead of sitting there on my phone, Um, scrolling through social media, which is a bad habit for all of us. I know Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually go for a walk on my own, or I'm going to, whether it's, um, you know, just something that that matters to you. It might be that you read for 30 minutes. It might be that you catch up with someone or do something that you've been telling yourself, I've got no time to do it. uh, But you, you will actually be able to, if you create that extra time for yourself. And also, We don't just have to like, you know, apologetically squeeze it in at the beginning and get up really early so that we're not a burden to anybody else. Uh, But the truth is, is that you've created your role because of how much you wanted to give. But if you want to take a little bit back and if you want to empower your kids or your husband or your partner to, to actually take a little bit of that responsibility off you and to delegate a little bit so it gives you some clear time. Um, then just know that that's an option for you as well. But I would always massively recommend the whole planning thing. Plan the hour at the start of the day, um, plan an hour in the middle of the day and one at the end of the day and and, and know that it's not selfish for you to do so. Um, but if you feel like that is what's gonna give you a sense of peace and of recognizing your needs which are as important as anybody else's because by the way if you're not 100 then you're not going to be able to to give everyone what they want or need or expect from you either so i always think that it isn't selfish to look after yourself because by looking after yourself you are always at your best and therefore everyone gets the best possible um, version of you Today I've talked um, about Bobby, I've spoken about Freddie as well. Um, So it got me thinking of myself as a 17-year-old and what I was going through at the time and um, what advice I'd potentially give to that version of myself. Now I obviously know so much more uh, than that 17-year-old thought he did. So, I've written a letter to my 17-year-old self with a little advice. Dear 17-year-old Jeff... You've worked hard to earn your YTS at Leighton Orient, pursuing your dream career in football. You're a good player and you deserve the opportunities you're getting, training regularly with the first team. One thing though, you have to stop worrying about fitting in. Have the strength to turn around to the other youth team lads and say, sorry, but you're not going to talk me out of my motivation and it's not going to stop me working hard to try and impress. Being involved with the first team is what you're there for. Not trying to please everyone else, and I'm sure they'll probably understand Hopefully, you might inspire them to want to join you instead of wanting to replace you. But this, my man, is the nature of becoming a professional at anything. You're all chasing the same goals. Everyone wants that shirt, not just you. But you've got to be single-minded and ruthless. Your future in the game depends on it. Set personal goals. Get a mentor that you can be accountable to. Maybe a senior pro plays in your position so it doesn't feel like you're dealing with all of this on your own. Don't be nervous about approaching them. They're probably going to take it as a compliment. Dare to fulfil your potential without fear of being judged by the lads that have the same dream as you. You can't possibly succeed if you're too busy trying to please the wrong people. The manager chooses who plays in that first team, not them. If you can't please everyone, best to start with yourself. All the best, your older and slightly more grounded self. P.S., drop being a central midfielder it's not as sexy but you are nailed on right back trust me in a few years they'll stop playing 4-4-2 you'll have a new position as a wing back in a different formation and it's made for you and that engine of yours good luck (laughs) that was quite funny reading that that was my letter to my 17 year old self and um, it's quite therapeutic to write that it's quite nice and cathartic really to reconnect with a a part of yourself that I guess was around sort of 20, maybe more years ago. It's something that I'm going to challenge you guys to do as well, to see what perspective you get from it. You know, just to write anything, to journal anything is really productive. But to write a letter specifically to yourself, giving yourself some advice and tips. Obviously, you can't change the past, but just trust me when I say it feels really good to look back and to give yourself that advice. If you want to send me yours, which I'd absolutely love to read, and maybe I'll choose one or two and, and read them out on next week's episode as well. But the email, as always, is jeff at onlyhumanpod.com. Right, Emma, what's the next question?
1: This question comes from Jodie. You're always so positive, Jeff. Do you ever get days where you feel a little low?
0: Ah, oh, got to be honest, and I, and I really enjoy actually sharing this because... I used to use positivity as a reason not to feel things that I didn't want to deal with. Um, I used to um, use positivity as a bit of a block. Um, And in recent years, going to therapy and doing something called reparenting, I was fostered as a child and and a lot of fostered kids who are maybe away from their mum in those formative years would have um, attachment issues. Um, So uh, reparenting is a process that effectively helps me to go back and scoop up little Jeff and um, and and kind of, you know, tend to his wounds and do a bit of healing from uh, from that point of view. It's amazing how the process works. It's far too complicated to explain the whole thing. Uh, but Jodie, um, what I've learned to do is actually let the negativity in as well. And you might think, why would you want to do that? Um, it makes me more human uh, and it enables me to dial up the feelings now. So when bad things happen or if I don't feel particularly great one day, instead of really forcing myself to, to find a positive way of looking, which is actually what I'd spend probably a lot of time as a coach encouraging others to, to do. I also recognise that there is a real need for us to have a balance. So how can you appreciate the positives if you don't, you know, if you don't feel then go through the negatives at times? Um, I really do embrace feeling negative every now and again. Um, it's weird because in the moment it doesn't obviously feel particularly great, but I'm like, well, at least I can feel this way now. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I do I do get low and I actually embrace it. What a weirdo. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a good thing to have a balance. And obviously at the moment, let's be honest, who isn't affected By the fact that our lives have been significantly altered by this pandemic. Um, we're all at home for 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 the majority of the day, and as a result, you know, everything has changed, but I'm good at adapting. But no, absolutely embrace the negativity. Uh, it's not something that we want to wallow in, it's not something that we want to bring on ourselves. And actually, that's a really good point, is that is that there is negativity that we bring on ourselves. I'm I'm not I'm not entertaining any of that. Very self-kind. Um, got a good uh, good conversation going on in my head at all times. Um, you know if anything goes wrong or I make any mistakes then um, then I'm more analytical about it and how can I learn from that and use that to be better and improve um, but in terms of negativity if it's because of what we're going through and you're absolutely gonna wake up one day and some days and feel like really really low um, but I just allow it without judgment. It's, uh, you know, and that, that I think is a point to make to everybody is that is that it is normal to feel really down every now and again, subject to what we're going through and, and just just allow it without judging. You're not doing anything wrong, um, you know, but, you know, this conversation around motivation is obviously something that we can use in order to. Um, to recognize the negatives and where it comes from but also to know that well there's a way that we can adjust that slightly throughout the rest of the day so um uh, but thanks for your question jody i always really appreciate the chance to think about my own situation and um, it's certainly something i'm very proud of so i just wanted to give my final thoughts really on what motivation is what it means to me and as I alluded to before I think it's like a, a permission that we give ourselves to to do something um, if we don't want to do it then we don't apply motivation to to you know to take that action um, so there's an element of choice with motivation uh there really is if you're not motivated to do something then I guess it's really good to just sort of reflect on the reasons why that might be. There's some really obvious reasons as to why our motivation could be really um, downtrodden at the moment. But just know that it's within your ability as well to start ramping that up a little bit. So I, I hope some of the themes that we've covered today will give you some ideas as to maybe how you might be able to, to find a little bit more, um, more reason to do as opposed to just sit and to think and to feel. Uh, There has to be a combination of all things, I think. But, you know, is it okay to lack motivation? I I just want to say, like, yes, absolutely, it is okay to lack motivation. In fact, it would be human. You know the title of this podcast, Only Human. Well, it is human to lack motivation at all times, especially in the middle of a lockdown when a lot of the things that are really important to us, such as that social interaction, being able to, to see and hug people, um, you know without that of course we're gonna feel it um, but do we recognize that and if you're not recognizing it then you're setting yourself up for failure your expectations will be in the wrong place um, if you are a little bit more sympathetic you know for those reasons then actually I think your motivation will come back because it doesn't feel like there's such a big gap between where you was and where you are today um, also you know in terms of can you be too motivated? I'm, I'm not sure. You know, again, if you're taking loads of actions and you're doing loads of things and it's all positive, then then that's great. As long as uh, you're not using the wrong label on the wrong jar and actually um, having too much responsibility. And it reminds me of Nicola's question in in, in, uh, in the earlier part of the podcast if you're taking on too much, um, the, then then yeah, that is a, a form of putting too much pressure on yourself. And of course, as Nicola will attest to, there's, there's less time for you. And at the moment, we really have to be responsible for maintaining a balance for ourselves. Because if we don't, then something's going to give. And and usually it'll be you know us getting particularly low. Um, we might feel particularly despondent. And I really think we've got an obligation to ourselves and to others to keep our mental health on point. Um, And I say that just simply because we don't know how much longer we're going to be in lockdown. It's an unnatural situation, unnatural circumstance for us to find ourselves in. So we've really got to put more focus and attention on making sure that we're okay now more than we absolutely ever have, to be honest. Um, Look, I haven't mentioned music, but music is massive. I really should have mentioned this beforehand. Um, You know, music is the quickest way to motivate ourselves. We've all got tunes that we know take us back to a time in our lives when we were particularly fun or we were particularly happy. And there's always that that anchor and that trigger um, for when that song comes on for us to feel exactly the same way. So part of our morning routines, whether you're motivating yourself or your teenagers or your kids generally, um, you know, certainly a little playlist, right? What do you, what what song do you want tomorrow morning? What song are you going to play? That's a great start to the day. Music is massive. Make sure you've got a playlist Of motivational tracks that are going to get you through these difficult times. My song would be Gwen McRae, "All This Love That I'm Giving." I also love Roy Ayers, "Searching." No, that's two. I might as well have a third one now. I think Jill Scott, "A Long Walk." Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this, the first episode of Only Human. It was a big deal for me to record this. I've always wanted to really talk about mental health. But if you like what you've heard, there's going to be new episodes every Tuesday from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Absolute Radio app, or wherever you usually get yours. And please remember to rate and review the show if you've got time to. You can also get in touch with your questions, concerns, or dilemmas by emailing me directly at jeff at onlyhumanpog.com. I'd absolutely love to hear from you. Remember, there really is no podcast if it wasn't for you guys.